And it's another episode of Spies Like Us podcast, the podcast where we talk about the representation of tradecraft on screens big and small. I'm Todd. With me, as always, is Dave. Dave, are we gonna, what are we going to talk about today? We're talking about the Ipcrest File TV show, uh, episode three. Very excited to talk about this. I, I am super digging the show. And if you missed the last couple episodes on this, you might want to go back. Um, but um, let's let's assume let's assume not and jump into it. I feel like most likely people are either following along or they're binging this, right? Um, so yeah, let's let's just jump right in. Obviously, I mean, we could mention it, Ipcrest file. Obviously, it's based on uh, a novel that most famously spawned the 1965 Ipcrest file film, which is one of the films that put Michael Caine on the map as an actor. Uh, in this one, though, we've got a different actor, Joe Cole, who uh, we are liking so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Very different from what I've seen from him in the past, as we've said the last couple episodes. His head jiggles a lot, and I'm not <laughs> sure if that's on purpose. Do you notice that? Um, Is- not really. What do you What do you mean? Like, kind of like shakes or something? Just like. Very tiny, seemingly involuntary movements of the skull to the side or up or down. Oh, um, like those like angles he has when he's talking? No, no, I mean I'm saying his head moves. Oh. <laughs> um <laughs> okay. most mostly like while he's waiting for his turn to speak. It actually kind of looks like it looks like something I might see. I feel like I might see in a bad actor or someone that was like uh experiencing a lot of like too much nervousness uh-huh. uh being on camera but i mean his deliveries are spot on so I don't oh, well, that's cool. yeah anyways um he's he's just charming anyways and yeah. they do give him some really great lines uh in this episode we're still trying to find our missing scientist we know that he's been taken by a nefarious ex-spy named Randall. Right. And we've lost we've lost track of Randall in Britain. Um the only place we can think of looking is, you know, we know that back when he used to spy for us, he worked in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. So it's the only place we can think of checking, so that's where we go and check. Um over the episode, I mean, you know, the Randall story is not really going to get any kind of resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they have an, a, a, a moment where they try to nab him, mm-hmm. but he's going to get away basically at the end of this episode. Um, get some character development for our principals, meet mm-hmm. some interesting characters along the way, uh, <laughs> a, a Dolby subplot gets started, um, and, uh, we meet, oh, and the, the, the Americans are coming to um, – they're starting to get suspicious of what's going on. Yeah. And, and that, in broad, that in broad strokes is what goes on plot-wise. Um, the, uh, the, the quest to try to find Randall, uh, who, again, has, has shifted his accent from a British one to a Scottish one. Uh, which is something I really enjoy uh, seeing in a character. Um, 
the the lead they have well they've got three there's three people they're supposed to um kind of be interested in or on the watch for there's a police chief that they talk to and uh you know i mean we're, we're you know if you saw the episode like like we do we're you're gonna find out he, he's definitely in randall's pocket in this first meeting he doesn't give anything up mm-hmm. um gene makes a pretty strong i thought play of uh basically putting it in his face that they know that he's been paid by randall mm-hmm. and um you know it only occurs to me right now if you know because she names a sum uh an, an exact sum and that really gets his hackles up so we're presumed to think that sum is accurate question for me is is that a sum that was paid recently by randall because if so then they absolutely know he's in lebanon mm-hmm. um but i questioned like what gene expected to get out of the guy by bringing that up you know it's one of those cases of to me like don't tell people what you know right <clears throat> uh unless you know you're really gonna get something out of it and i don't see where i don't see where that was gonna go uh for her and in fact Harry backs me up, I noticed, because in the next scene, as they're going on to check out the next person, uh, he says, do you think we could try to be professional this time? <laughs> right. So I guess he saw it the same way as I did. Um, there is a, there's a failed attack, attempt to contact a dem. A dem is a... I, I forget exactly why he's on their radar, but he's just basically a smuggler, drug runner, kind of man of man of the shadows. Is that the guy they're looking for at the bar? That's right. Um, and he turns out to be the the guy later that helps them out. He does indeed. Okay. Yeah. So um, I I actually wanted to point out something about going to see the bar to kind of get a hold of him. She Jean tries to give. Uh, Harry a gun and he refuses to take it and I thought that was a little clever because if you roll up on a spot that's probably where well, you're dealing with gun running like warlord type drug lord types you, you probably don't want to walk in with a gun I agree yeah and um, even though uh, I didn't like uh, him just expecting to just waltz in and be okay uh, right. I, I liked that uh, but as it does turn out, it was a bad idea for him to just waltz in and be okay. Cause he doesn't, and they're going to go take him. But I just wanted to give like plus spy points both to him, but really to Jean, cause she comes back and covers him. She shows up in the back alley with a gun. So she was pretty smart. Like she's like, if this goes sour, they're probably going to take him behind the building. So I'm going to be there ready and waiting to protect him. Um, so I, I liked that little bit of teamwork and, what was her line like preparation is deterrence or was that his line? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I, I really liked that. You know, just, uh, I might be skipping ahead on that, but I have that written down right next to that. But, uh, I, I really liked, uh, her pulling that off. Cause that, that, that definitely shows some good teamwork and good tradecraft on that. And yeah, she continues to be, uh, wonderfully competent and really fun to watch, yeah. uh, in, in this, in this episode. Um, so that first attempt, but Ahmed will come back later. He'll, he'll circ, Adem, I'm sorry. Yeah. I keep wanting to say Ahmed. Um, 
he'll 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 show up later on his own because he's curious. He wants to know who's 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 looking for him and why. Right. <laughs> um, in the meantime, they they scope out the girlfriend, and uh, there's something funny here about how the first time they try to tailor, uh, she goes through this. She's on a scooter. Oh, she's this is uh, Randall's girlfriend. Randall's girlfriend. Oh, okay, right. yeah. <laughs> um, she's on a she's on a scooter, doing her grocery shopping. Looks like, uh-huh. uh, you know, and I take her. I I don't have any reason to think she's doing anything other than that. Um, and when she when she takes off, she drives through this narrow alley in her scooter, and their car, of course, can't follow. Um, what I thought was kind of cute about this, I just noticed this this afternoon, is like like the next day or the next time like Jean tries to follow her. Hey, she's figured it out this time. She's got a scooter. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though, which both you and I had the same thought, uh, a blonde white woman in Beirut, isn't going to be uh good surveillance. Everybody's going to see her. I don't care how many, uh, she had, <clears throat> she had a scarf wrapped around her hair and she's wearing sunglasses, but she has this bright blonde hair and definitely looks out of place. Um, just looking at the background, I think both you and I were like, I don't, I don't know how uh, covert this is, but hey, we want to see Gene do stuff. So it's, that's it's true. Nice. That's true. Yeah. 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 I, I really hate to say it. Um, I mean, she does look very in place as a tourist on the veranda, right. uh, but also, you know, a less, attr- a less strikingly attractive woman uh, could also very much look like a tourist uh, fitting in. Um right. End of the day, I kind of feel like Jean is too pretty to be a spy. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> I hope. Uh, I well, hope that or isn't... I think you mean like pretty would be good for like you know like in high level society talking to people, but I think you mean like doing running surveillance like she is. Yeah, kind of just that is. Out. Yeah, that is what I'm talking about. I mean, and I'm just trying to be like you know because in the in the spy trade. You don't have time. You don't have, uh, you can't fuck around with, uh, you know, political correctness when lives are on the line. Uh, so, uh, you know, and I mean, I've heard it said, you know, even, uh, you know, I've heard, uh, intelligence experts say, you know, tall people, not good spies uh, (laughs) for, for this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, you want an average-looking person with an average height, with an average like everything. Just, maybe even maybe even a little short because people just psychologically kind of discount short people. Yeah, that's true. Actually, speaking of psychologically discounting people, I forgot when this was. This was several years ago, but I think the SAS was pretending to be homeless when they were on terrorist watch at like high high traffic areas. And um, I've I've heard people say that psychologically people like just ignore homeless people, like they they treat them they they kind of mentally oh, treat course. them like yeah. objects. Yeah. Oh so, right. No, uh, your eyes naturally, you know, yeah. instinctively want to move away from. Yeah. You know the 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 derelict. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's a great way to uh, to keep a low profile, but you know just. Don't try not to be memorable. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, but Jean's very memorable. Yeah. Um, but uh, so on this now. Right, right, right. And she told him. Okay. So I was a little confused at first. Like, so it, apparently, though, she wasn't actually like trying. She wasn't going through the alley 
specifically to try to like stop someone from following her in a car because she tells her boyfriend like no i wasn't followed um she says she followed instructions i don't know what his instructions were blah blah blah. right um but uh either either way uh oh wait right so gene wait a second they had a conversation with her at one point though that's right okay i've skipped ahead because before they <laughs> before they decided to start tailing her, because uh, just because you have this one person that used to know another person, that doesn't mean it's worth your time following uh, them around, right? right. Um, but they did. They went and talked to her, and their little cover story is that they, uh, you know, he's got an inheritance coming, and they're looking to make sure he gets what's coming to him. Plus five points. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I a, did like that. It's a good one. It doesn't fool him. Right. Um, in fact, he gets really upset and says, you know, to no one in, well, to the scientist, because it's just the guy in the room. When he gets the note, you know, do they think I'm stupid? Blah, blah, blah. So they did, they definitely did like tip him off that uh, he's being, his instincts are up. His, right. his spy instincts are good. Uh, he doesn't believe this malarkey about an inheritance for one second. Right. Um, but before that, so the decision though that they made to actually follow her was after visiting her. Uh, this was uh, Palmer noticing that the boy has a particular British comic magazine. Mm -hmm. It looks like like kind of like just new uh, comic strips mm -hmm. in a little uh, I don't know four page kind of like what we used to get in the Sunday Times. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but sold separately. It's called a Beano. Uh, oh, and you know, he says, Hey, as far as I know, they don't sell Beano in, in Lebanon. So, uh, someone, someone British has been here recently. Right. Is what he deduces from that. And that's good. That's good observation work. And that's why they think it's worth it to it's actually right. follow her. Yeah. Um, it doesn't that doesn't really get them anywhere though. It's it's a dem that's gonna be uh their way in because a dem will come back uh, or approach Palmer on his own, say, Hey, I heard you were looking for me and um you know, presents as really scary at first and then completely relaxes and, and turns out to be a really fun guy. <laughs> he really uh, likes helicopters. <laughs> he wants, he wants a helicopter. Um, and he's, he's really sticking to that. Um, I really liked his kind of backstory, you know, cause he is so well connected in the underworld of Beirut. Um, apparently, according to him, he uh, used to work with the CIA just to move people. They would kind of turn a blind eye to his work and he would turn a blind eye to their work, but he would help move people through Beirut. Um, so that was kind of cool that we got like a little inside, you know, uh, asset kind of background with him. Um, and apparently they gave him a helicopter, but when they were done with him, they took his helicopter so he was pretty salty about it. So that that seems to be his main motivation is getting another helicopter. I like it. I like it. It seems yeah. it seems to him to just be a badge of respect. Yeah. Like I can't be I can't I can't be a respectable smuggling kingpin if I don't have a goddamn helicopter. <laughs> right. 
what all the other smuggling kingpins are laughing at me from from their helicopters as they fly past. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and when he makes his demand for or maybe, do we want to jump to that? Are, are we gonna talk sure. about Yeah, like doesn't he give uh did he give Palmer a pamphlet to give yeah. to Dolby? Oh, yeah, he's got a brochure this, and everything. <laughs> this is the helicopter I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. That shit was uh, pretty funny. Now, for some reason, okay, now, uh, let's see. Dolby reports to the Minister of Defense directly. Oh. Uh, currently, the minister, currently, the Minister of Defense doesn't think the mission's going very well. Yeah. Uh, and an estimation that is shared also by all of our characters involved it's not going very well <laughs> right <laughs> um and i guess that's the reason they can't they can't expect to get the $65,000 that the helicopter will cost and by the way um i i bet that helicopter costs a fuck of a lot more now <laughs> yeah um from the from the uh, the war department or the you know whatever uh, so they need to extract it from the embassy uh-huh. in Lebanon and just happens to be good luck. The, the attache, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to call him an ambassador. I don't know what his actual role is. Oh, he the friend. Like an ambassador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause he knows Palmer and he's discovered that Palmer's a spy cause he can pick up on Gene. Right. And. Or, or did Gene know him? He's a friend of her ex. That's what it is. That's right. And he's kind of in the background and they're having like a little, you know, I can't, like, he's like, I can't believe you're in this world, you know, because he's very like overt type of mentality, like courageous. We fight our battles in the open and look at you running this spy shit. And uh, I think, I think they kind of have like a little back and forth like clearly there's a history of some sort and I, I guess Palmer's the one that's able to convince him like how important this is nah 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 he's no that would not work this guy does not does not like or respect Palmer at all no right. it's the fact that his connection is mostly through his father-in-law and Gene's got some dirt on him that he's oh, unfaithful to right. his wife that's right. and so that would the father-in-law of course would be that woman's dad yeah and you know so getting a shitload of trouble so lucky them that they can that they can pull that off we don't we don't make a whole lot of it um in the show um when so that was okay so we did jump ahead a little but i guess all we need to do is circle back real quick to mention uh and i don't think there's really anything there but um the way Ahmed came back back into the scene is um having found having figured out where Randall was holding the scientist Palmer goes in at night he finds the bedding he finds the place abandoned he finds the bedding and, and some scientific journal mm-hmm. kind of tells him he's on the right trail uh but that's when the police chief steps in and is going to kill them and probably because Randall is paying him to right. do so yeah. But Ahmed shows up to save the day and says, hey, I got it all figured out. Uh, you know, everything that comes in and out of here surreptitiously, nothing goes past my notice. One of my men says, you know, one of these days, instead of a package, you're going to be receiving a person. Mm. 
and I can tell you exactly when and where that's going to be. All I need is the money from a helicopter. Boom, boom, boom. Um, Dalby showed up in London for this. Uh-huh. I mean, he sent them ahead. Uh, wasn't clear to me at what point it was determined that he should become directly involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he does show up in Lebanon, uh, presumably to, I guess, give the thumbs up on the, or at least try, they have to at least ask him, uh, you know, to approve the 65 K for the helicopter. Um, by the time he shows up in Lebanon, the Americans have decided that they're suspicious of the British and that uh, comes about seemingly sort of out of nowhere. But after a conversation that general Cathcart, who's kind of in charge of um, the neutron bomb Mm -hmm. uh, operation, there's going to be a test of it soon seems to be his pet project he's very he's very pro nuke mm-hmm. and you know there was a little bit of a catty conversation between him and dalby where uh you know he's explaining well the reason we need a nuke is because i've seen you know i i was a pilot during world war ii and and we you know we firebombed uh a city made of wood and you know like basically I burned thousands of people to death and, and that's the kind of horror of war that we have to avert and somehow to, you know, avert that uh, preparation being deterrence, we need a neutron bomb. And Dolby had responded by saying, well, I was, I forget if Dolby was in uh, Hiroshima or Nagasaki. I want to guess Nagasaki, but, you know, he responds by saying, well, you, okay, yeah, you saw, you you killed a thousand people. I saw like <laughs> several million people burned so badly their bodies weren't even there. All, all there were were like shadows on the walls. Yeah. And that's a fairly pointed way, I guess, of saying to Cathcart, like, uh, you know, neutron bomb, no good. Yeah. Um. Cathcart thinks, well, if this guy thinks neutron bomb no good, then maybe this guy no good. And he has Maddox, who's our CIA uh, representative in the story, uh, the black guy that's always hitting on Gene. Um, yeah, he, he wants he wants him to start surveilling Dolby. And as a result of that, we'll see that Maddox... Maddox's guy catches on that Dolby's going to Lebanon. He catches on that also there was a um, Stock's right-hand man in the KGB was on the same flight to Lebanon uh, and that Stock is believed to be in Lebanon. So to the Americans, it's it's looking like, hey, there's like high-level British and Russian intelligence people being in the same place at the same time looks fucking fishy. Let's find out what's going on. Um, I think that's about, I think that's about the extent of it as far as we see uh, so far here. Um, uh, 
there's a good there's a good little bit where uh okay so when when Dolby lands in Lebanon everyone is taking note of it the CIA right. is watching him the KGB is watching him hell even MI6 is watching him <laughs> um meets Palmer at a hotel Palmer's got this cool uh line of like hey welcome it's it's your long lost brother check him out <laughs> yeah and this was like, this was so much fun to watch <laughs> Like what they did was, because uh, everybody's watching, they gotta like get him uh, away or at least the the heat off of his trail. And they got like just a guy, because you know, um, Dolby shows up in this bright white suit with a bright white hat. You know, so not only is attention drawn on him because it's Dolby, but you know, you know, for like a spy master to just be walking around in this giant bright white. And I really liked this because it's this kind of like hiding in plain sight type of thing. And they, they do this nice, like, cup and ball type of trick. So he's in his bright white, like, getup. And then um, they found a guy that was, like, his height. They Like, you know, the joke from Palmer is, oh, it's your long-lost brother. And they basically have that guy leave and get in a car um, so that they could take the heat off of Dolby. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a fairly straightforward uh, switcheroo, yeah. um, which uh, it's just it's just presented cutely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, my favorite part of it is actually when uh, the CIA guys are reporting back to Maddox, like, uh, "Sorry, guys, sorry, we lost him uh, to an old trick," and Maddox just doesn't even trip at all, and he just says, "Don't worry about it. Best way to learn," mm-hmm. um, which I just kind of quietly like applaud that so much because I'm so used to. I don't know. I'm so used to seeing American movies. I feel where, you know, every time someone fucks up, like the it's a, uh, you know, the the chief or the boss. It's like his opportunity to say, like, why are you guys so fucking incompetent? Yeah, you can't even find one, you know, one limey in Lebanon <laughs> or something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just best way to learn. Like it, it, it really speaks to me as as being like that's that's how it really should be. Um, Yeah, they do that a lot in this show where people are learning, you know, even with their training and their experience, there's a lot of people that are learning and they they're like, well, this is chalk it up for experience because you're going to need it in the future. You know, like uh, I'm glad you pointed that out, because, yeah, usually in a story like that, it's the cliche where you get the angry superior that's just being a dick. But here we got someone that's a little bit more supportive and has already, you know, they hired these people, right? So they obviously have an eye for talent. So they realize there's going to be some rough around the edges, like learning curve, I guess. Yeah. It's also just not, it's not, it's not a good time for dramatics or, right. or theatrics. This is something I think we both keyed in on as well about Libero that we liked a lot is, you know, when, when they experience setbacks, people don't waste time pointing fingers and and you know throwing throwing blame around mm-hmm. uh they continue just working the problem even though you can tell you can tell like this is affecting them they're they're feeling the loss they're feeling the setback but it's not time to lose your cool you just got to keep the pressure on yeah um absolutely you just focus on the mission Let's and then right yeah yeah so uh you know they show up at this at the place where you know, true to his word, Adem Adem's intel was was good. 
they have an opportunity to ran, uh, ambush Randall and his uh, captured scientist, but that ambush gets ambushed in turn mm-hmm. by uh, presumably the C. I mean, yeah, the CIA are behind it. I don't know if these guys are are legit CIA agents that they're sending in. They might be like special forces or something. Uh, you know, just army guys. But uh, it's it's a successful enough counter raid for Randall and the scientists to get away. And here's a here's a head scratcher for us. What the fuck, CIA? <laughs> you want to take a guess? Like, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we could start by asking ourselves, how did they find out about this? You know, is Ahmed playing multiple sides? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Is is yeah. Dolby like were they tipped off? Is Gene? I don't know. Yeah. You know, the only person I feel that should be held as above suspicion in this show would be Palmer himself. Right. Um, or at least from what we see as the audience. Right. Now it is true. Okay, I mean, if I wanted to fish for it. It is true that Maddox knows that Palmer met the blonde, snotty diplomat guy, and that uh, he did talk to the diplomat guy. So maybe he could talk to him again and find out about the sixty-five thousand dollars, and maybe put two and two together with um, uh, Adem and the helicopter. But I don't know. It just seems like it seems like they just got a free, like a freebie piece of intelligence. We're not privy to how they got it, but why? Like, or what, what intelligence do they get though would pertain to what is their objective in showing up here? Mm-hmm. Uh, do they, okay. Do they know that that's Randall and that's the missing British scientist and they don't trust the British to, uh, to get him out uh, on their own. So they're going to throw in some commandos and say, we'll take care of it. That would be really stupid. Right. Uh, it would make a lot more sense to, you know, if that was your concern, to go to the British and say, hey, we have concerns about this operation. We're, you know, we we know what you're trying to do. We have concerns that you're undermanned. Mm-hmm. We're going to put a team behind you. Um, were they, are they actively trying to make sure that Randall doesn't get caught? Are they trying to make sure that Randall gets away with the scientist? This is like, this is a big question. Like yeah. this, what they did makes no sense to us. Right. Are you talking about the raid at the end? Yeah. The ship? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the guys in, the guys nice in black, back, like right? looking like special forces, motherfuckers that come in with the shooting, the flare or the smoke bombs. Yeah. Well, yeah, they raided. They? they weren't there to help the British. They, cause they stopped the whole trade off. Um, which, by the way, this was kind of like our uh, callback to the film, right? And and like it, it was kind of nice that the, it was the CIA behind it. Um, and uh, uh, isn't this where um, Palmer shoots the guy? You know, because there's a whole setup with him where he just doesn't want to kill anybody anymore because like, he's already is. So this yeah. is this is kind of where it goes par- a little a parallel scene to the movie where uh-huh. Palmer killed Drew Carey in the garage in the movie. Yeah. Um, in here, uh, in self-defense, 
although there's at the moment there's no one around to corroborate that story that it was self-defense that's really important right um yeah he does end up having to kill a guy that was coming at him and uh he finds a picture of that guy's daughters in his pocket gonna become important later by the Um, way i call mad bullshit on that if if you're doing a sabotage mission and this is supposed to be covert, covert and you don't want anybody to know that you're american or anything i mean like i know for the story going on for the show that that picture is going to like be a piece but like why do you have pictures of your kids in your pocket i mean like emotionally it affects us as an audience because not only did you know palmer shoot someone which he didn't want to but now he shot someone with kids so it's like gonna fuck him up you know but uh if if you're doing a covert like special forces mission like that you're not gonna leave a picture of your kids in your coat well i mean it's i mean but yeah but the reason Obviously, it's the same reason pilots, fighter pilots, have pictures of their girlfriends on, on their dashboards. Um, right. It's it's a it's a totem, you know, to remind you of what you're fighting for and what you need to make sure you stay alive to get home to. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can understand the psychological, uh, the emotional connection benefit sort of thing, but. But you're right. It's a it's a it's a bad policy, and probably, I don't know. I don't know if there's actually like uh, rules about that. Definitely not in the army. <laughs> I don't think they would have rules about that in the army. Um, and these guys, you know, these guys might. I don't know. I don't know how deep their connection to the CIA goes. Uh, it's it's. I think in a later episode, we're gonna meet. In, in this episode, we just saw them as faceless soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see some of the people that were on that mission later in the show and, and not wearing masks. We're going to find out who they are. So, and, and I kind of think that they're just army guys. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, at least it didn't have his address on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I mean, it is just, it is just a picture of a couple white girls, like how much, right. how much Intel value are you really going to get out of that? Right. If you get, if you get captured. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, later it does prove to be a very important connection. Yeah, that's um, true. So that's no, no bueno. Uh, so just to cap this off, um, there, there were two other things I wanted to talk about one very briefly, um, which is okay. What, uh, is happening with Dolby and stock. And, um, you know, I, I actually also, I kind of wonder why is stock in Lebanon? Um, he, he can, he, uh, pleads pure ignorance, almost pure ignorance about like where the British missing scientist is. Um, he says, yeah, we obviously, you know, we've tried for years. Of course we've tried to turn him, you know, hasn't, hasn't worked. Um, that Randall guy, he tried to sell him to us in in Britain, and I didn't bite because I I didn't I didn't believe the evidence. I didn't believe you really had the scientist. But check it out, you're missing a scientist. As luck would have it, I got a scientist I can give back to you, and that is going to turn out to be uh, a a woman's name. Uh, I guess she was captured just a couple weeks before Stalin was killed or died um and she ran the um she led the uranium enrichment program according to stock 
uh, for the Russians. So on its face, this seems like an incredibly valuable uh, person for stock to be offering to return because, you know, not only is she a, a, a British national and presumably a patriot, um, if she led the uranium enrichment program for the Russians, like she would know more about their nuclear bombs than almost anyone else. Mm-hmm. Super valuable. Yeah. But it also seems that, uh, that this person might be important to Dolby for actual purely personal reasons. Um, Dolby of course turned out to be the traitor in the movie and we were never given any inkling of a reason why. (laughs) So if Dolby's going to turn out, you know, we called it, I called it duck, duck goose because it was just like, everything's normal. Everything's normal. Everything's normal. Surprise. I'm a spy and show credit. (laughs) Fuck you. Um, And I'm not always, I'm not necessarily always expecting to see like, to, you know, give me scenes where I can see what the bad guys are doing behind the scenes, but at least make it plausible so that, like, at the end, after the reveal, I can go back and rewatch it and kind of see the clues of what might have been going on. Um, so if we're, if we're expecting Dolby to, again, uh, be a massive traitorous uh, person then uh, it looks like in this story, we'll at least get some some support for that. Yeah, it was nice that they developed a lot of the characters. You know, I think you hit it really on the nail that in the original film, even though I I enjoyed, you know, going through the story, there was a whole lot that just kind of happened, especially like the CIA's involvement. And I think that's what this show really, really does well is, there's a lot of good reasons why everybody's involved. Um, and we get like, you know, the big reveal at the end as to like, who's the actual bad guy behind everything. And it's not like everybody's innocent, you know, there's really not a lot of clear cut good guys or bad guys other than, and even like Palmer, I guess, uh, you know, especially with his past, you know, so um, getting, getting the side story with Dolby is nice. Uh, because he's a master spy, right? He spent his whole life, you know, climbing the ranks, you know, getting leverage on him shouldn't be that easy. But it turns out like his long lost love who was captured and presumed executed because that's what they do. Um, uh, But it turns out she traded her life for information on people that she was uh, collaborating with. Um, And so now the KGB shows up and is like dangling this carrot in front of them. And we actually get to see someone that's spent their life in this world. And now there's actual leverage on him. And he, he's faced with this decision of what is he going to do? Right. And you don't, you don't, you don't solely need the um, motivation of a romantic entanglement right? to dangle uh, something like this on the hook, because as we've seen in a lot of our movies, and I think we've, I, well, I don't know how much I've seen it in like real stories of spies, but at least in the movies, some of the ones I thought were really good uh, had characters that um, there was that one agent that they lost mm-hmm. 
and they blame themselves forever for it. Right. You know, and it's kind of like that. Uh, I've heard, uh, I've heard uh, a reporter that has talked to a lot of homicide detectives. Uh, and, and that was like kind of his beat his whole career. And he says every single retired homicide detective has this one case that, uh, you know, after everyone else has gone to bed, they go down into their basement and they open up the paperwork and they just start going through it again, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to figure it out because it's just this one case they they were never able to solve and they're never able to let it go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and sometimes that seems to happen, uh, with, with handlers and their agents as well. Mm-hmm. There's a good, um, there's a, there's a good, there's a good, uh, I don't want to, it's not a subplot. It's a, it's just a story feature, I guess, of, of Jean and her, her difficulties, uh, being a female secret agent. And I like this. I like the way this is handled quite a bit. Although, I mean, I think she puts it a little too directly on the nose where she's, when she says like, everything's easier for men. Uh, yeah. I don't agree with that. I agree that a lot of things are easier for men. But yeah. <laughs> everything might be going a little too far. Um, but here, you know, she's not complaining about how she's being treated by her colleagues. Uh, she's totally respected. Um, you know, she's she's not getting any uh, sexual harassment. Uh, she's not, doesn't seem like her career's being impeded. The, what's going on here, though, is like, she's having a much more difficult time than a man might in uh, keeping her cover secret from her family and her loved ones. Uh, And that was something, again, we we talked about the spy with Sasha Baron Cohen recently. And I remember noting that that was the first time I remember it being like really uh, explored that, you know, you're, you're not just keep, you know, you're not just keeping the secret from your enemies, but, but also from your family and your friends. And, and what is that like? And in that case, of course it was a guy and Sasha was like, you know, uh, able to tell his wife, like, well, I have to go on these very long, important business trips, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. business stuff to do. Yeah. It's, it's so I can build a life for us. Oh. And in Dalby's case, as Gene points out, you know, he's been lying to his wife about what he does for a living for like 20 fucking years. And she says yeah. he has no clue or sh- she says that she has no clue um, because and and we see it, too. You know, when he needs to go to Lebanon, he's like, sorry, sorry, hon, uh, I have to I have to go to Brussels uh, all of a sudden. And it's it's taken like, you know, without question, because men have careers and they have demands that are sometimes like you know they have to go above and beyond in the hours they're going to put in whereas women and i'm just i'm not talking from my own i mean this is not me talking i'm i'm trying to explain the 60s uh mentality you know women it's like oh it's really cute you have a job like isn't that great yeah, even her fiance when he's like giving her that Chanel necklace. I think it was in episode one, where he's just like, "You'll never have to work again." And she's like, "What if I want to work?" And he just kind of like giggles it off, like, "Yeah." <laughs> Here she is, is defending the country, and he's just kind of like, you know, trying to like feed his ego about what a great earner he is, you know. 
<laughs> like she's doing far more important work. Well, I mean, I don't know. He, he's probably like a hotshot business guy or whatever. So I guess his work isn't like not important, but I mean, she's, she's pretty much defending the nation with the work she does, you know? Yeah. And it's just, um, you know, it's, it's sad, but she's not, she's not able to, uh, she's not able to make the usual excuses mm-hmm. because, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's cute that you have a job, but like, it's, it would make no sense that you have like a career that you need to like sacrifice for and spend long hours to and spend time away from your family for like, that's what men do. Right. Uh, and, and the fact it's expressed that way uh, and, you know, just her appropriate level of anger about it. Um, I think it's just a good story element that I wanted to bring up now. Cause, and I, I've I've enjoyed it through all three of these episodes, but I thought now is the time to bring it up because now their engagement is broken off and, you know, it's all come to tears. Yeah. Or at least on, on his side. Yeah, because he thought he was che- she was cheating on him and here she is, is. She can't tell him anything about anything about her career and her job. And he went and looked in on whatever cover job she's been get- feeding him, you know. It, we have seen this before, you know, like there's – the Good Shepherd, and we got like La Femme Nikita and stuff, but I, I don't think it was. I think in the spy and especially in Ipcrest file, we're actually getting a lot of it, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're getting we're, we're it's like marinating, you know what I mean? Um, where it's we're, we're actually getting to experience the emotions and like really tight moments that like someone with a double identity or who has to keep secrets from their loved ones, like what they go through emotionally and mentally. Yeah. So yeah, overall, uh, you know, zooming out and looking at the episode, I don't see that much has actually happened. Um, uh, feels like maybe a setup episode again, like, uh, Americans are now suspicious about, uh, uh, the British, mm-hmm. um, the Russians are getting their hooks into Dolby and, uh, uh, well, if we've seen the movie, we know that, you know, uh, Palmer's going to have to, uh, pay some kind of debt, uh, mm-hmm. some kind of psychic debt, uh, for the, the, the man he just killed. Um, and, uh, it's going to remain a huge, the biggest question of this, of this episode. Okay. Now you said, okay. I, uh, sorry. You said, okay, you think clearly they showed up just to make sure that Randall and the scientist got away? Because that is... Oh, I didn't say that. Uh, okay. I was. I mean, that was to... the outcome. That was the outcome. Was it right. the intended outcome? I'm still wondering. Well, I don't really want to spoil anything. Uh, but I, I could probably tell you what their involvement was for. Uh, but... Uh, coming the next three episodes yeah, I don't don't spoil anything i'm just trying to set it up for based on what we've seen so far if this is if you're following if the audience if anyone out there is following along at this point i think that it should be the biggest question that this episode presents to us uh, absolutely i i will be very much looking for an answer to yeah absolutely absolutely definitely something to pay attention to right all right see you next week episode four and sometime sometime before that not sure when could be uh depending on when you're listening to this q 
keep your eyes out in an, in another day or two or a couple days uh billion dollar brain a full movie episode we're not going to interrupt our coverage of the uh tv series for that and when we're done with the tv series uh it'll be midnight in saint petersburg the final harry palmer film the preceding transmission sampled the song enter the party by kevin mcleod and sound effects from freesound.org attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net <laughs>